Crusaders to the Nerd Crusade Podcast. This is episode 50, uh, and this is going to be our year in review of 2023. I'm going to be your host, Ian, as with me always is Courtney. Hello. So, as I said, we're going to be kind of going over what we saw, movies we saw, games we played, TV shows that we watched, what was good, what was bad, uh, that we talked about in the year 2023, mm-hmm. and before we move on to all the 2024 stuff. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I guess we can start with like movies, uh, or actually, know what? We need to talk about one current thing, which is Monarch first. Yes, I was going to yeah. ask you if you wanted to talk about Mo- the latest episode of Monarch now, or do you want to wait and have two episodes of Monarch for next week? Cause... Let's wait till next week. That way, we can actually finish out Mar- Monarch because next week's going to be the last episode. Yeah, it'll be the finale. So we'll talk about uh, Monarch next week. We'll see. So episodes know- nine and ten then. Yeah, we'll be on next week's podcast. Yeah. Uh, this week we'll just be talking about the year review, so we'll be going over everything we talked about this year, from movies, TV shows, and games, uh, what we like, what we didn't like, um, and what you probably should still check out if you haven't. Yeah. All right, so... We'll start... We also have honorable mentions, too. I do. I have honorable I'll, mentions, I'll, too. Get on the same wavelength. So why don't you go first for your movies? Right. So for the three best movies that we've reviewed in our podcast this year... Uh, in no particular order. This is just top three. Okay. Uh, the Menu. Okay. Which was one of the first ones that we reviewed uh, at the top of the year. And it just keeps popping in my head throughout the entire year. So That's also my, my movies. It was On a horror genre. That's why I really liked it. And also the food was gorgeous. It was just a food porn horror flick. And I loved it. Yeah, and the characters really were dis- despicable, except for John Leguizamo, who was just a bad actor. <laughs> yeah, you kind of felt bad, and except for the uh, lead actress. She wasn't Yeah, bad. She yeah, was just because, in the wrong well, we, place the wrong time. She got duped by yeah. a really shitty character, and that's why she's the one that gets away, but everyone else dies. The only one who's probably like really kind of innocent is the fact that he just did not like John Leguizamo's acting. Yeah. He <laughs> said, you're such a bad actor, I wanted to kill, I wanted to cry, so he killed mm-hmm. him. That one burger at the end, man. I still dream of that burger. I want that made, burger. Made, like how they do uh, White Castles with like putting the onions on it and then flipping it over. Perfect looking. It's like, that is a perfect greasy cheeseburger. And, oh man. My brain just keeps going back to that film, so that's yeah. My, one of my top threes. Uh, another one in my top threes is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That was also in my, my top movies. <laughs> what? Why? Why? <laughs> yeah, that's, that was a great sequel. I, it was good. Yeah, and I loved it. Animation was great. Solid um, writing as well. Yeah. And that ending that you're like, okay, when's the next one coming out? Unfortunately, it's been pushed, but... Well, I mean, at least the comes. strikes are over, so now we know it's on its way. Yes. So, <laughs> you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but great movie, beautiful animation, great story. Picks up right where the last one leaves off. It's just overall really great, and I loved it. And then the third one that I rounded up to round off my best movies was Barbie Heimer. If I had to pick between the two, I probably would pick Barbie, but I also really liked 
Oppenheimer for the performances. That's why I'm like, it's a double feature. Yeah, I mean, see Barbie Heimer. Oppenheimer was really, really good, but I've watched Barbie more times than I've watched Same. Oppenheimer. So I figured Barbie's the better movie because it's just more entertaining, more approachable. I agree. Oppenheimer, you got it's kind of like any you got to prep yourself for it. Movie. You have to be in the mood to watch it. Yeah, you have to be in the mood for a period time piece. And sit for three hours. But it is really good. Performances are great. And it is a great twist in the story of where you didn't expect it to go. Yeah, where it starts focusing on a different topic. Yeah. But Barbie, yeah, I I agree. Definitely edges out Oppenheimer. Yeah, the performance is really good there. Yep. Again, the performances, story, uh, the costume design, the set design of Barbie is just fantastic. And yeah, I've seen Barbie four times now this throughout yeah, this year. I watched Oppenheimer once. It's good, but it's like, yeah, again, you gotta put time you gotta, to watch it. Yeah. So like, I didn't limit myself to just three. So mm -hmm. I have an extra movie. I have Mario movie was uh, also on my list because for a video game adaptation, they stay true to like the original concept of kind of Mario. Okay. And uh, Bowser warning the princess and doing stuff to save the princess and they all, they did it without making the princess a helpless damsel in distress either mm -hmm. but i also had honorable mention because it came out the year before but we didn't talk about it till after new year's which was glass onion oh because glass okay. onion was really really good for a sequel to uh, knives out um but it was a netflix only film decon theaters and it premiered like december 23rd or something yep um right before the new year um but that's uh, those are the other two movies I would add. To, like, oh, I didn't there. even add those two. Well, my only mention was Glass because he technically came out last year. Okay. Okay. Um. So you want to go through TV? Oh, you don't want to do worse movies? You don't have any worse movies? Well, I have worse movies. I, we can go. Oh, we can go, all, go. Do you want best and then least best? <laughs> we can go. You know, let's stick with the topic. So let's go worse movies. Then. All right. So dishonorable mentions for me for movies. Was Fast X. <laughs> yeah, I you it there. So bad. It is very weak compared to the rest. I didn't have on my so list. Weak. It is bubblegum candy for the eyes for if you love watching the Fast and the Furious films. But the storyline, it's just one big setup that just feels a beginning of act one. And that's it. <laughs> And it doesn't feel like a complete whole story. And I know that's what it's not supposed to be, but it's just, it's like you said in our review, Dom saves everyone. And it gets old real fast. Well, yeah, because suddenly the, and the, the decisions movies, people make are so stupid. The movie's taking a different turn with how it plays out to where Dom has to be the central figure now all all the time. It's like, yeah, that's not what Fast and Furious is all about, dude. Exactly. Um, and they definitely had loops of logic and, and stuff that happens. Oh God! So I, it's like the weakest story of all of all yeah. ten movies, and there's supposed to only be one more, but we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I didn't have that on my list, but that's a good honorable like dishonorable. dishonorable this is dishonorable. This is bad movies. Movies we so, didn't care for. So the next one I have is. I don't know if you remember this because I think you flashed it out of your brain, but Heart of Stone. Oh yeah, we do watch that. That was that was <laughs> that not was a great movie. Bad. See, I was picking stuff that washed out my memory. I'm like, this ain't good at 
Oh, so. yeah, that was kind of on the same level that Ryan Reynolds like disa- uh, Disaster Six or something. His high school, yeah, like, the Disaster Six or whatever it was called, but it was like it was not good or like yeah. um bad like, acting, the... bad storytelling, logic, bad everything, pacing. bad pacing. I fell asleep during Heart of Stone for like maybe 15, 20 minutes. Woke right up, still know what was going on, and it was nothing. It was just bad. Yeah, that's that movie was not good. That was with Gal Gadot. That was another Netflix original film. Yeah, um, which was a very predictable spy type flick. It, yeah, it wasn't very. And I great. think we had to rewind a couple times because there was like continuity errors too that we kept. Possibly, seeing I don't remember much of that the movie. fight scenes. I remember I the stuff on the mountain. What? I remember the stuff in. I think there were, it ended in a rotating restaurant that was spinning out of control. I don't remember that. Maybe that's when I fell asleep. I I think that was the end of the movie. I don't quite remember. It was bad. It was bad, though, yeah. It was awful. And then to round up for my dishonorable uh, movie list is, I have to do it, The Flash. Yeah, The Flash is really, really bad. I completely forgot about The Flash. It's not even on my list. See, two movies that you kind of, whoo, over. This is why I did a dishonorable mention. It's to bring you back. We did watch this this year, but I don't think we talked about all this on the podcast. Did we? Yeah, we, we did. did. Okay. These are everything we've talked about on the podcast is on my list. Okay. And we did talk about The Flash. It, it was, was so bad I didn't make a post or a title card with him on it. That no, I, I had to go him. and deep dive and into a lot <laughs> and listen and be like, oh, Lord, what did we do? And Yeah, Flash yeah. was really, really bad. That was, that was terrible. Storytelling, bad story. The only good parts are Michael Keaton and that's about 15 minutes worth. So just fast forward and watch Michael Keaton and you're good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, that movie is not worth it. It's not worth games. it. It's not. It's awful. The CGI is just. CGI is dangerous. one of the worst things in that movie. And yeah. it just shows how bad the DCU was. And will James going to be able to fix it in, this, in the coming years? Who knows? I don't know. Um, well, what he's done so far was good. Yeah. But it's like we're at a point where people are sick of superhero movies. And they're also getting sick of superhero games because the Suicide Squad game that's coming out, nobody wants to buy because it's a live service boring piece of shit. Stop doing live service. That's issue number one right nobody there. Nobody wants to stop it because that's, that's formal to make money. Because even if it doesn't sell, the few people who do buy it, the fanboys that they are like inviting to review it right now, will buy it and dump a ton of money into it. Uh, Maybe, probably not enough to get their money uh, back, money back uh, ultimately, but they'll get something out of it. I guess. But yeah, that's my roundup for uh, oh, I had none dishonorable of the, you had mentions. None of the movies I had. I had dishonorable mentions? Oh, dishonorable mentions. Okay, so what's your worst this movies is, then? That's just my worst movie. Okay. So I, I have, just talked about. Okay, so I have, <laughs> my, worst, I have my worst movies. What were your worst movies? All right. One was You People. That was on Netflix. Yeah, I was thinking about that. That movie was fucking terrible. Would pull that up. Uh, Peter Pan and Wendy was not good. I also thought that as well, but I'm like, he's going to pick it. I also picked Shazam as being really, really terrible. See, I put I would rather watch Shazam over The Flash. That's why I didn't pick it. Yeah, but I completely forgot about The Flash. I yeah. could agree with that. But <laughs> so I pulled movies you forgot about. But still. Fast X. Shazam, I wouldn't watch. I still wouldn't watch again anyway. Same. Um, but the CG was a little better in Shazam. Yeah, it just wasn't a very interesting story. Yeah. Um, and then Tile of Destiny. Yep, that's did not, another. Did not like that was the other movie. Disappointment. Yeah. Um, because it was just it's 
they just lost the concept of like the serial adventure and then bringing everybody back to see they're like i really want to go on one last adventure and they're like no you stay here yeah it, uh, it yeah. was it was a disappointment um, for sure. Re- Rebel Moon was probably one of the biggest disappointments. Yeah. Here's here's supposed to be Zack Snyder's version of a Star Wars type universe, which we knew was going to be a rip off Star Wars. But I felt like it, that was the least it ripped off. Yes. It ripped off other things that were done much better and had zero character development, which was like the crucial part of the storytelling. So that yeah. was, and the fact that they're he's already had like the sequel made and they're going to come up with that, that's just, just bad. Yeah. Well, I will give him this that. It, that he did the sequel, this movie and the sequel at the same time. But I hate the fact they're going to bring out a Snyder cut for Rebel Moon. I'm like, it's why? An extra hour longer, it's another, but, an, it's an extra hour. But longer. I don't feel like I want to watch it because I don't feel like he can. If he has zero character development in the main movie, they're not going to save that for the Snyder cut. How is an exactly? How is an extra hour going to help that film? It's not. Not no, not at all. And not. In the slightest, they needed someone who could do dialogue and someone who can write characters and do character development in a two-hour, forty-five-minute film, and yeah. they got none of that. And that's the biggest problem with this of that film. Honestly, if you've not watched it and you want to get an idea what it is, just watch the pitch uh, uh, meeting for on YouTube. Yes, pitch. Uh, that meeting. guy sums up the movie perfectly and everything that's wrong with it really quickly like less than five minutes yep um you can listen to our review on it that we go in a little bit more depth yeah about 10 minutes and, worth and, of and, us complaining exactly about it like what they pulled their inspiration from and how it was not done correctly yeah um so my last one i had was mission impossible dead directing because i like the mission impossible movies mm-hmm. and this was the this to me, it's almost like the second movie which was the which i this before yeah. this was the most boring one to watch this one I felt was really boring. It wasn't exciting. There was only one good part, and that was when he crashed through the train and then jumped up like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, that was, that uh, was, that was the unexpected part. Yeah. And um, something you didn't really expect, which I was, I was appreciative. Yeah, but the rest of the movie, unlike all the yeah. other recent uh, Mission Possible movies, was not fun to watch at all. Agreed. Um. Yeah, so those were my my uh, worst movies were those. I completely forgot about The Flash, but that definitely gets added to the list. Yeah. So you're welcome, and Heart of Stone. You see, yeah. for just immediately forgot about Heart of Stone. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was something we didn't talk about. Cause no, no, was. I I have a whole separate list over here, my mm-hmm. friend, of everything we watched and every game that we played that we talked about on the podcast. Right. I have the master podcast list over here. So what about TV? TV? What, what's your best TV? So my best TV uh, shows of the year are The Fall of House of Usher. Love that. Loved it, loved it, loved it. It's still stuck in my head. I love the visuals. I love the storytelling. I love the mystery of it all and how it's all connected with Edgar Allan Poe for each episode. It's just beautiful and well done. And you can't, well, how the story ends, you can't have any more, but... I really, really enjoyed that show. Yeah, I had that as my honorable mention of, of these two shows. It was, I thought it was really good. Uh, the other stuff was a little bit, I liked a little bit more. Um, but I would definitely recommend watching House of Usher. That was also the Fall Net- of House of Usher. Yeah, Fall of House of Usher, which was also a Netflix original yes. series. Um, I think it was what, 
eight or ten episodes. Yeah, it wasn't that long. But they're all it's like hour long episodes, though. So yeah, so it's a good like day binge. Yeah, it, show. It was a good show to watch. And at first, it's a little bit of horror scare, but you get used to it so fast, you're not in like. Well, it's, it's the same guy room. who did the House on Haunted Hill or whatnot. Yes, uh, the Bly Manor. Yeah. Um, but this is better than his other work because yes. he doesn't have just random spooky elements in the background that don't matter like he did in the other ones. Everything here matters for the story that's being told. Yep. And everything connects and comes back together. It's really well done. Yeah. Uh, next best I have is Last of Us. Um, yeah. yeah. I figured you'd pick that one. Yeah, it's good. I really enjoyed it. I love the acting and how they were able to adapt it from the game to live action was just this is storybook how you do it you alter something so it fits for the for a viewing audience but you still throw in enough uh, stuff and callbacks to uh, the game itself like in the first episode when they're dr uh, in the pickup and driving through the town it's like that was in the game. That was in the game. This is exactly shot almost frame for frame like the game. It was very well done. That's a good way I to draw, draw fans into it more. Because yes. the rest of it's not shot that way. Uh, there was a couple scenes uh, in later and, ones. And a couple set designs that were like, wow, that's exactly what that looked like in the yeah. game. But um, one reason I didn't have it on my list, because um, I had it first time I removed it, was that one... The season two that they're gonna make, I don't think it's gonna be good because because it's gonna be based off the second game, which is terrible. Fair. And the best episode in the entire show has nothing to do with the plot. I it's it's a it. it's a great story that's told and it's just background information that we don't actually need it's, for the journey going forward. But it ties back into the whole theming of the show and story. Yeah, but and that's sacrifices and finding love and opening yourself back up. Yeah, it's probably the best post-apocalyptic TV story I've ever seen. And, and if you just watched just this first season, I think you'll be fine because it just stands on its own and yeah. it's great. And I love it. It's beautiful, well done, very moving. I cried at some parts. It's great. I love it. On HBO, please watch it. I, I mean, the Grammys came out last night, so I don't know what happened. Yeah, I but <laughs> I don't really so pay much. attention to Grammys, but I believe or it Golden Globes or Go Globes, whatever it's called. Uh, but I think it was nominated for some stuff. I don't know if it won because I haven't looked. Yeah, I haven't looked at all the shit either. Yeah, great, great show. <laughs> and then the last on my TV best is Good Omens season two. I enjoyed that thoroughly. I love the little mystery aspect, trying to figure out uh, what happened to Michael, and also the past with those two. I'm like, mm, I like I Good Omens, it. but I prefer the first season over the second season. A lot of yeah. for you. That's always why. This is why this. it's on my best yeah. list. I, I, I was thinking a lot it. of that. Like that was a very good show. I do like how this, the second season plays out. Um, but I enjoyed the first season more so. It opens it up for like a third season, which hopefully they do, because it can't end on that note of them not being together. It's just mm -hmm. sad. 
See, now, like, again, you limited yourself to three. I didn't go necessarily with just three. Yes, um, I, I went did with, three. Uh, Mandalorian, just because I really, I really, like, I really do like that show as as a whole, even including the uh, Boba Fett uh, story. I went. So you're including it just as a whole? Like I was just viewing it as all right, but or uh, just season three of it, and I like how that season ended. Week. I like how it ended. Though. I like the very ending where it's like all right, him and Papa are just are gonna live in the little shack and do jobs together that's fine it was just a lot i felt a lot of the episodes in that scene were very weak and that's why i didn't put it on my list yeah i feel like um because it has a def- has a the ending is over where they could do more with it but i feel like they have a definitive ending for mando's story yes. and then the mandalorians have like a like a new beginning with being able to take back mandalore i feel like that was a good like Cool, you ended a storyline with ideas to be able to explore it later on if you wanted to, but no expectation to do so. Yeah. Um, that's why I really liked it. Um, and I liked kind of the progression where Groku got to and the decisions that all were made, I thought were really good. Um, but I guess that's probably more maybe an honorable mention because you are right, as third season wasn't as good as the first mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, but my next one I, I have, which I think is one of the best uh, TV shows, was uh, Loki Season 2. Yes, really, that was really, really good. good. I, I have that in my own little mentions, which I'll go over at the end. Okay. Because, like, Loki yeah. Season 2 ends Loki's story perfectly, which I always yeah. like stories that have a, have a definitive end. Yes. Again, they could go back and Loki could show up again somewhere later on. But his arc from where he was a villain to hero to where he is now, mm-hmm. it's a complete storyline. It ends. It's great. I thought they did a good job dealing with it, and they actually set themselves up to get rid of Kang if they needed to, since Majors is no longer working But for they're them. not planning on doing that, though. It's been rumors back and forth. Who knows what they'll do. If they yeah. do with Kang, they'll just recast him. Um, next one that I thought was amazing was Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Yes, that um, was really good. Love that that turned into a Fanono, uh, Ronona Flower story instead of a Scott Pilgrim story. Love that the first episode was like beat for beat the movie and then a big twist and then everything changes from there. Yes. That was really good. So good. I um, loved it. So definitely watch that. That's also a Netflix original, but that was that's like the definitive end of the Scott Pilgrim journey because all the actors will not come back for anything else. They've done everything they're going to do for it. Yep. Um, but that taking bringing back all the original characters, all the original actors, getting all their backstories, and uh, everything else was great. Um, next show I have uh, is Monarch. It's not finished yet, but mm-hmm. really, really good. I'm I enjoying that so much. Definitely adore the whole Godzilla universe that they've built mm-hmm. around this Monarch stuff and King Kong. Um, actually, one of the only King Kongs I like is I don't like King Kong as a character or you know as the old movies i thought they weren't that great or compelling but this king kong and godzilla stuff was really good yes <laughs> and then uh wheel of time season two i thought was fabulous and fantastic and yeah. i just wish they had a better i had a, had the opening for season one and season two yeah um, for credits str- yeah it's strange that they didn't have opening credits for season two it's but it much. was very, oh, I loved it. The costumes this season are just mm, it's very much so way beautiful. more enjoyable than like the Game of Thrones spinoff. Or, yes. Uh, but it's very reminiscent of this is intriguing, like Game of Thrones with more stuff thrown in there. And the season finale of that had like 
All the comeuppance that you wanted to have happen, happened. Everything paid off. It was done really, really well. And then the last show I have is Tashi's Castle. Because yeah. for, like, yeah. Japanese TV, like, we grew up watching that as uh, MXC. Yes. As cha- elimination Challenge. Watching what the show actually was, which is not very far from what MXC was. They just changed the dubbing for comedic effect. Yep, and shortened it to half an hour. Yeah, where this was a lot longer episodes. Uh yeah, the and like what they talked about actually in the show is still ridiculous and funny, like they did the MXC. Yes. Um, and seeing all the different people who came back 30 years later to, get to play the game again was a lot of fun to uh, mm-hmm. watch. And we'll hope they bring another season of that show back. I really hope so because it was so enjoyable and it seems like <laughs> everyone wants to see it and participate again. Yeah, was... I would never participate, but I would thoroughly watch another season of Takashi's Castle. Yeah, which uh, Wheel of Time Takashi's Castle you can find on Prime TV yes. and Monarch is on Apple uh, TV. Uh, all of these are really good shows. Definitely check them out. Mm-hmm. Um, Ready for worse TV's yeah. shows that we thought of? All right. So here's one that shouldn't be a surprise to you. Ahsoka. Yeah, that was That's on my... That's Worse. on my list as well. Ahsoka was really bad. It was a show not about Ahsoka. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was just a... fell flat. Yeah. And then they are leaving it open, but I don't know if they're going to do a season two. Well, Rosario Dawson like, was at, in a podcast recently, and they asked her, like, have you heard anything about Ahsoka 2? And then she said no. She said no. Only thing she says is that she's that her and the cast are getting together for dinner, and that was it. But there's no way they could be a season two. Everybody hated that show. That right, was so. bad. It was just bad. Bad. Um, and that's on Disney Plus if you want to watch it, which we don't recommend. Uh, next I have is Fully Cooly Grunge. Yeah, Fully Cooly Grunge that plus where the where the, the second other, one was called. Which you fell asleep after on the second one. But it was terrible too. Was bad. Both were awful and bad, but Grunge was even worse with the animation, storytelling that. Thing to do with Fully Cooly. Yeah, it's like people who don't understand Fully Cooly made a Fully Cooly cartoon. Yeah. Completely missed the mark. Re- just wanted to recreate sequences that we've already seen before in the original Fully Cooly, which were done much better and with much better detail. Yeah. With much <laughs> was, better animation. It was not great at all. It was horrible. It was so bad to look at. All right. And then here's a controversial one. Which one? American Born Chinese. Yeah, that, movie, that was not great. That was like no, that fits. Could, I wanted it to be great, and it just fell short. It felt so many parts. It didn't know exactly where and how it wanted to be, and that's why I put it on my worst. And it was mostly because of the writing. Yeah, and I would say like it fits like the cheesiness of like a bad Chinese TV show, mm-hmm. where I was like, this is your opportunity to make a good Chinese really good. TV show. And they faltered hard time. They also had like elements that reminded me of like old uh, old fairy tale theater. Yes. But like with the Chinese myth instead of like Western myths, mm-hmm. um, which is charming in some some aspects of it. But also like, yeah, those things were low budget back then, and, and like they weren't great. And like we liked it as children because that's all that was the best we could get. Yeah. Now it's like you could do better. <laughs> yes. Please do better. You, you have, have all bu- this you have money. More, bu- more of a budget. And it's even more sad that, like, 
they've wasted so many good actors doing this too. Yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> it just fell short, and I wanted it to be more, and it didn't, and I feel bad. And they left it on a cliffhanger, and it has been canceled with Disney Plus, as expected, because they put out all the episodes at once, and I think yeah, that's they what had our, faith in they it. had zero faith. So it's been confirmed. I think this week that they are canceling that show on Disney Plus. I believe the showrunners are trying to sell it somewhere, sell it somewhere else, find it on Netflix or something. I don't think they'll get anybody to buy it though. It it'll be a hard, uh, yeah, a hard sell for them because that that's because that's uh, that's a new it would be like a new uh, it's a new franchise that would have a small following at best. Yep. Um, and they just didn't execute it right like you said they could have done that better with the budget that they had mm-hmm. they did not uh spend it wisely the storytelling was just it just fell flat yeah it was um, sad i because i wanted to honestly enjoy it, but... it reminded me a lot of like uh zoo warriors oh okay it's a chinese like kung fu film that has parts in it that are like this doesn't belong it's just long and dragging it out and that's how a lot of uh asian films go whether it be japanese korean chinese or whatnot They'll insert some long, boring bit that you weren't expecting to be there. That ends up taking way too much time in the movie. Um, Chinese movies is usually like a random low story, like yeah, just Top Crash and Tiger, <laughs> Hidden Dragon, where the whole thing revolved around a low story. Where it's like that's not why we came to see this. Yes, we want to know the legend of the sword fighters instead. And like <laughs> Korean films, is always like some weird uh, musical number gets injected yeah. into it. And the Japanese films like just throw a completely different side story that usually when they get adapted to American films, that becomes like the sequel or a side story. Yeah, they movie. just they eliminate it somehow yeah. editing in that. So like, but yeah, they, they always have some weird bit that's like you need somebody to come in and like cut this off, dude. Like, hey, hey, we don't need that. This is yeah, this it's called editing, and and like, they suffer. They let editing. people just do their own thing, and it did not work at all. Yeah, uh, with American War Chinese. So you you have any more? That was my three. Okay. Because wherever I'm just doing three. So three. I had Ahsoka for sure, uh, which is I guess okay. only people who like that would be people who were fans of uh, Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Because it's not a Ahsoka show; it's Star Wars Rebels 2.0. Yeah. Um, and then I had the fully coolie uh, shows, which were terrible. Okay. Um, but I also had Secret Invasion. Yep, I thought of putting that, that on there as well. That was not a very good story. I figured you could have made Nick Cage more of a badass than what happened there. Yeah. That whole story was pretty bad. I guess the only thing I like about, about it is the fact that Gravik was in Barbie and he looks ridiculous. Can <laughs> you compare his two characters on the range of that actor? It said he was more of a badass in Barbie. Yeah. And he was the main cat's like, best, best friend. But in the end, when he got... Ken's uh, coat, he became a more badass than Gravik did. He yeah. made an epic speech. It's just really funny. It's, it is hilarious. It's funny That's to see like, how his character is as Gravik, where he's serious and he's and he has like a grimace on his face the whole time to him always smiling and Barbie is hilarious. Lucky. It's yeah. wonderful. That's um, why Barbie is great. Yeah, so Secret Barbie. Invasion was really not great. Yeah. Um, the other one I have, you know, I kind of liked it, but I have to recognize it was really bad writing was Willow. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's been wiped from existence. Nobody will ever see it ever again. Yeah. To the point where we'll be the only people who will ever have talked about Willow the TV show. <laughs> now, like, unlike American Born Chinese, like you said, they're trying to sell that around. 
Mm-hmm. Willow has more of a chance of getting bought up by somebody else because they have a established fan base. From I the agree. 80s. Um, and they ended that on a cliffhanger. It was just because the, it was supposed to be a three-part a three-part series, uh, series. Three series type of thing. Um, and I didn't mind where they're going with it. It's just they had bad dialogue in, between, yep. between so characters. Season two, if they could have gotten like a better <laughs> writing team for just dialogue, mm-hmm. just the dialogue part, I think it would have been better received and if they took out like the weird music at the end for the credits which one is like yeah the the needle drops were weird with the music which didn't always fit yeah even though i like some of the versions of those songs it just doesn't doesn't, work it just doesn't work with the show show, yeah um but visuals were great in it the um some of the acting was good the creature Uh, design was creature design was excellent the costume design was great and I'm gl- I'm happy they were able to get back as many of the old uh, cast as they were mm-hmm. uh, to reprise their roles, which was wonderful. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of that dialogue is pretty much what killed it. Yeah, the writers were not good. Yeah, so if they could could have gotten better writers and better dialogue, uh, I think it would have been able to make it to at least another season. Yeah, but we'll have to, maybe they'll sh- shift that around. Maybe in ten years, we'll, again, we'll see another revival of it. Who knows? Yeah. Um, or maybe that's just where that story ends, and they'll just do a Willow Two movie, which will be something completely different, and just wrap everything. Or they'll just remake the whole story. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that show was was kind of on one of my worst ones. I, you know, I did enjoy parts of it. It wasn't great, and it's been wiped from existence. So I had to mention it. Yeah. Um. So games. Yeah, now I'll move on to, to games. So um, you want me to... Yeah, go with your best. My best was Hi-Fi Rush. Yep, that's on my list as well. Because visuals, music, gameplay, you don't have to be in beat to play. The really. only thing I hate about that game is that it's terrible to stream because turning on streaming mode turns off all the licensed music. And you have to use their And music. their music's not bad, but the licensed music needle drops were perfect. <laughs> and it sucks that, like, streaming... A game that has licensed music will get flagged on YouTube or, or tagged. It's like nobody's l- watching this or see, watching a stream to listen to the fucking music exactly. and, or steal your music to sell elsewhere. It's a stupid thing to copyright. It's part of the game. Therefore, it should be able to be streamed if you can let the game, whole game be streamed, period. You yeah. Know? I hate the fact that the music industry like shuts that shit down. Um, they're they're a little too straight. But it's clear that like there are some of, a lot of those songs are like on YouTube as sequences and they're not being uh, taken down or cap or copyright flag. Yeah. So granted, some of the artists aren't doing that, but like the fact that that's in games now that you have to like have streamer mode and shut off all the music, it's like it's annoying. I for paid sure. for the game. I should be able to stream the license. Yeah, music. I I agree. But that game was amazing. The was graphics just... on there, the fact that it was shadow dropped. Yes, um, it was just like it was great. Which is one of the best to... ways to drop a game. Yeah, just shadow drop it. It's wonderful. It's so but you got to at least great. market it the day you shadow drop it. Not just not like uh, the Avatar game where they're like, oh yeah, no. it's out. When like nobody <laughs> heard anything about it releasing. Yeah, and shadow drop this as an announcement from uh, like like a, a game show, a show a showcase. Yeah. yeah, it was like, hey, here's the new. Uh, I think it was a C- CES is usually something. Was these games on games on CES? 
They dropped it in the and then yeah. sort of the game show. That's how you shadow drop something. Not Perfect. hey, this game is coming out later this year, and then boom, it just shows up and nobody knew about it, and there was no advertising because then nobody buys the game. Yeah, you got to shadow drop proper. Yeah. All right, my next one is Baldur's Gate Three. Yep. Wonderful. It's what I've been needing because you know we don't really have um, the people who did Mass Effect, uh, Bioware anymore really so it's kind of nice to get one of those type of games again yeah and honestly the fact that it, and it, it feels so much like D D, it's great and the fact that the xbox console drop of it um still it's not a buggy game like when it yeah. when it officially came out it wasn't buggy on pc um or playstation it wasn't it's not buggy on the xbox drop um, I have no idea how it felt with early access because it wasn't early access for like a year prior or so that people had played most of Act had played all of Act One in. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, but, early access—that's where you find the bugs. That's how yeah, you it, it wasn't considered after. released until this year, and exactly. it was well received on PC. Still, as I still think there's almost like two, three hundred thousand concurrent players playing it still. Yeah, it, so, it's so, so really much well. and so much that you miss because of the choices you make and thus you oh darn have to play again so i thoroughly enjoyed it the music's great i'm still playing it so give that a whirl and then the last one to round up my game's best this year it's an older game but it's new to xbox and that is stray and it makes me cry because the kitty doesn't get reunited with his family spoilers but it's so cute and adorable adorable and i love it he gets out but like you just never seen him you know we to make a sequel to it, who knows well i think that's why they leave it open but but it's definitely like a cool indie game yeah experience. it's a cute little indie game i love it it's just a pretty kitty game and i yeah so i also had high for rush and i also had uh-huh. Gate three because those are definitely big games um i also had tears of the kingdom uh, okay the sequel to uh breath of the wild uh, mainly because of all the games that they've made for Zelda games, there are very few sequels that they made. The first sequel was the second game they made, which was uh, The Adventures of Link. Yes. Which was, again, a completely different style of game that they didn't catch on. And then they went to uh, basically making um, kind of standalone titles until uh, Majora's Mask, which was kind of like a, like a semi-sequel to Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Um basically using the same engine there and then they went to changing it up again over and over again right uh with like wind waker and then twilight princess and then um skyward sword those are all like almost standalone stories that all fit in the timeline somewhere but nothing's like a direct sequel until this one yeah where they reused a lot of what was originally there and like uh majora's masters was a brand new world completely but the same game engine um and mechanics this was Using the the old mechanics of Breath of the Wild and then expanding upon it with their functionalities with their fusion thing, which worked really cool. Mm-hmm. And then Just adding like the stuff you can like build was cool. Yeah, and then the callback to like the Dark World by adding the underground Dark World yeah. to it and then having a Sky, Sky world. world. So adding three le- levels of game of world to explore on top of what you've already seen and seeing how it's changed. Was was definitely really good. I've yet to beat that game, but it's it, it's still a really really good game and great on the exploration uh, part of it. Um, the next one was Jedi Survivor. That got you a lot of love gri- that one. That got a lot of crap for the PC um, version, which was buggy wow. as hell. 
And I think the performance mode on here still doesn't work great where it's kind of jittery. Right. But um, just not playing on performance mode, it you don't feel like you're you're losing frames when you play at the 30 frames a second. It looks great, plays well on console. Mm-hmm. Great story. And the only Jedi story we're going to get where we end up with a great Jedi by the end of it. Yeah. And like some great comedy like Rick the Door Operator. <laughs> Rick being, the Door. Being, being labeled as a boss and him running at you and you killing him instantly. I was like, that was a boss? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I've seen fan posters of like Rick the Door Operator <laughs> uh, out there that are fucking hilarious. Is this a hint for your birthday? You want Rick the Door Operator? I would totally take that movie poster, Rick the Door Operator, <laughs> as being like the main focus of a star wars poster that'd be awesome that'd be great um my honorable mention was phantom liberty uh because okay as it stuck with kind of like the melancholiness of the cyberpunk story um but it introduced things that i hope they put in the next game like there was some quick time event stuff but like the spire tank fight was great uh the stadium escape with uh songbird was awesome being able to uh use the black wall hack that she that was like basically her superpower for a short period of time in one of her missions the uh creepy uh of like survival horror section where you're where you're being stalked by a robot was a nice uh change of pace mm-hmm. so if they add elements like that into the next game they'll have a really cool complete experience there where like You'll feel like you'll jump different genres, but for these good, like, nice, compact moments. Sweet. Kind of like how uh, Resident Evil 8 went from, like, Resident Evil to, like, hey, guess what? You have no weapons, and now you're going to be be chased down this one little section. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. So <laughs> that was definitely, that was one my honorable mention there. And then I would have another one, which would be Dredge, which was a really good indie game yeah. that I enjoyed. You That that was very cute. And then it got very uh, Lovecraftian and scary. Yeah, but so, it's still it's a fun cool. game. It's a cool game. All right, so worst games or dishonorable mentions for games I have is Diablo 4. Disappointed in that game. Very disappointed. Because with Diablo 3, we played it together a lot. Like, I played Diablo 3 by myself, with you a couple times, and back with myself. And it was great. It was fun. But Diablo 4 just fell fucking short, my dude. Yeah, I feel like Diablo 3 had more story content in it with just the base game. story. More, yeah, it just felt like a full, complete story in Diablo 3. Mm-hmm. And then even the DLC of the Death of uh, death in there was another, like, big, long story expansion. Where, like, this was like, wow, this is over already. It and just I, goes and, so And quick. it didn't feel like... We accomplished much, and, like, the character builds weren't great. Yeah, and the side stories are felt more like padding and to help level you up so you don't Yeah, get this killed. one felt really grindy, where Diablo 3 yes. did not feel grindy. It was super grindy. And the grind was, like, made more intentional on this game yeah. with and updates. And I hate that the seasons, you have to start a new character. Yeah, just be more grindy. So it was and like, it's this just, is just a grind fest. after grind. Boring. Hey, uh, it, it drove me insane. Next one I have is Redfall. That's on my list. Because it is just, it's just a giant bug game. That, and that's it. it that is an unfinished play. mess that, like, it should not have even been released. Yeah. Like, should, they looked at it and knew it was garbage, and they, like... And it was unfinished. Threw it at the wall to see if it would stick, and it did not. It, they just needed to scrap it. Like, they were under no contracts, unlike Black Sails, or to get Black, it. Uh, or, uh, Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones, thank you. Why was I saying Black Sails? But Skull and Bones, 
they weren't under contract like them. They weren't. They had to release the shit. Oh, yeah, release it. They really should have just scrapped it and then moved on to a different game. But, and then my last one is Starfield. Wow, exact same thing I have. I have Starfield kind of an honorable mention because I do like the concept of the game. I love the first 10 minutes. I love the, when you first play it, and then that first 10 minutes, you just explore and you feel that like space exploration and wonder and awe and that just feels so great so good get to the main story and just kind of finishing it and it's a slog and it doesn't have much yeah i mean after that first 10 hours of awe you're like now what and i really have to try to find some like story or even side uh stories and the thing is i give we give this a decent review it's like it was experience people should play which i still agree with i think they should stand for the first 10 hours yeah overall as a game there's bugs in there where the posts are so oh broken that haven't been fixed aren't going to be fixed till this year which they really should have fixed that before the end of the year yeah um, that's one reason why we completely uninstalled it because there's no point in playing it until they specifically fix the quest books yeah. you ran into i have big fraction quests that i can't complete yeah you can't complete the faction i can't complete, complete some side quest um and then like the fact that this the bonus stuff that you really want to see or the interesting things you want to see don't start happening until um like your fourth or fifth or seventh playthrough where the universe starts changing or stuff really crazy starts happening after your 10th playthrough that's too much I mean, yeah the the there's this game has a really crappy discovery of content. There are yeah. quest lines that I know that people have played that people have talked about, like the casino one that I've not come across because I've not found it. Yeah. Um, but you have to just explore, be diligent to explore every single thing in this game to find it. And the thing is, it's just too far apart, and there's no discoverability on some major items that mm. it doesn't make it fun to play. Whereas like. Boulder's Gate, there are things in there that maybe only 1% of people will make a decision that will lead them down a path to find something. Yeah. But they're not spending hours of the game searching for it. The fun aspects of this game took too long to do. Like, shipbuilding is really fun, but watching somebody spend 90 minutes building an awesome ship it's not is not fun, fun to watch. To watch. <laughs> and overall, you look at it, it's like, wow, I wasted an hour and a half to build this. Yeah. Fine, I got this, but then you can't take it with you in all your playthroughs. You have to basically, you don't even get to you keep have a to abandon it. You, and you can't take any of your guns that you've built or, or you like, yeah, you have to start it's... from scratch for every playthrough, which is annoying to the fact that, like, you spent time building up bases and then you can actually build uh, intergalactic connections between all your bases. So you don't have to go to all of them to get resources. It's almost pointless when you restart the game and you have to do it all from scratch. Yeah. Because uh, you're going to spend, you're not going to spend like 10 minutes doing a base. You're going to spend hours trying to build yes. it so it works properly. And functioning. And then you basically you throw it all away with a new game plus. And that's kind of supposed to be the meta story of it. Like choose to go to another universe or stay in the one you're in. But that's, it kind of kills the gameplay momentum of it. Yeah. Um, Because I don't want to spend my life playing, <laughs> playing a game just, just to like be like, all right, I can't experience anything else unless I want to throw everything away. Yeah. And then rush through everything else. Like, I'm trying to skip all the content just to see what might what it might throw at me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was definitely my honorable mention for worst game. And those were the three games I had down for games that I did not like this year that were, like, just meh. Yeah. Unless, there's a list, unless you have a list of other stuff that we played that I completely forgot about. Uh, I think that's 
it. Um, for honorable mentions of just film and TV for me, um, you've said most of them, Monarch, Loki, Scott Pilgrim, Takashi's Castle. I do have one on here that we did not discuss, though, and that is Scavenger's Reign. Yeah, the only reason why I didn't put that on anything because we didn't finish it. <laughs> Hell, you didn't finish oh, it. Oh, you watched it all? We watched it. Okay, so what happens at the end? Yeah, it's really good. Oh, so it does get, it does get it, good? Yeah, it, it, it was good. Yeah, well, it would, I, and I would say it didn't get boring or anything. It was just, they, I wish they did, that's the show I wish they didn't wait weekly to put out an episode. Yeah. Then, it really should have just been all at once. Because it's like over time you get distracted by other stuff. And that's basically how we got distracted by other stuff and didn't go back to watching it. Yeah. Um, It was a good show. The animation was really cool to look at. But I would rather binge that type of show than sit there and watch it. That's the weird thing is that like you hear us say, oh, they have no faith in this. They they threw all episodes out at once. Um, Or it's like, hey, they think they have faith that they're going to come up with one episode a week. It's a kind of a toss up there. It and depends. It depends on the, on the type show. of show. Like, when like you... the Fall of House of Usher, that's a great fun binge show to watch. Yeah. So that one doesn't suffer from being put out all at once. Because even Stranger Things doesn't suffer if they put out all episodes at exactly. once. Exactly. But like, it's just nicer sometimes to have it just a one episode so you can chew on the episode for longer. Yeah. Um, and like Loki coming out once a week, that fit that fits the, how the narrative is told. That fits the suspense you want to build up. That worked really well. Yep. Goosebumps also did that Same very thing. well. Yep. Um, but like you said, like Scavenger Rain's one there. It's like you should come out all of these at once uh, because it's a lot to mm-hmm. take in this this animation style. I'd rather just be in the mood for all of it at once rather than having to be, get in the mood of it mood for it every week. Yeah. Um, all right, so moving on to our 2023 year review, Xbox came out with like what you've been playing for the past year, where most of your hours were. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start with you, Courtney. You yes. played a total time of 373 hours. That's not a lot compared to you. <laughs> played a total of 24 games. Oh. You earned 1,560 gamer score. I I have I didn't play a lot of games this year. Right? Tell you, you got that. 86 achievements. Oh wow! I I am really really falling short. I guess new resolution i don't know if that's falling short it's still a lot of time dear well i'm looking over at yours over yeah, there well i was also like at home for most for half the year too yeah fair. most of the year all right so like most of you played the most with starfield with 97 hours you got about just over half the achievements in there half the achievement points you got 580 and you got th- just over half the achievements with 34 achievements okay um rare achievement unlocked starcross you unlocked on the 22nd of october only 8.67% of players have done that. Your next big game was Hogwarts with 87 hours played. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than half of the achievements uh, gotten there. Almost got all of them. A rare achievement there was Spilt Milk. Hey. And then other one, your last game with the most time is Diablo 4 <laughs> with 57 hours. So you clearly played that way more than I did, I think. I don't even think it landed on my top three. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But that does put you in the top 15% of players for hours played. Yep. Top 15% for gamer score and top 15% for achievements online. So that's still fine. Yeah. Um, 373 hours is a lot. It's not mm-hmm. like you spend your life gaming, which is probably a good thing. That's unfair. I'm trying to also read more, too. Yeah. For me, though, um, I had 1,661 hours of game <laughs> time played. 
I played a total of 183 games in the year. I got a total of 12,889 gamer score and 689 achievements unlocked. Dang. Um, that puts me in the top 5% of hours played, top 5% for gamer score, uh-huh. and top 5% for achievements unlocked. Nice. I put 310 hours into Starfield. <laughs> compared to my 97. Compared to 97. <laughs> um, and my most rare was Boots on the Ground. Which that's that's a quest completion one, and that's not a quest. Well, that's, that's not a hard quest to miss either. Well, I think that's because you finished it. They'll give out that rare achievement uh, if not a lot of people have completed stuff yet. Yeah, but those rare achievements they lose their rarity when people complete it. So when this came out at the end of the year, that means still a ton of people had not completed that achievement. Well, <laughs> it wouldn't be rare anymore. Oh, uh, I think a lot of people dropped Starfield. Yeah. Uh, my next game is Hogwarts at 100, or not Hogwarts, but Cyberpunk at 180 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, only got 115 gamer score out of 1455 on that. But I think this is before I beat Phantom Liberty, which I beat this year. Yes. Um, and I only had four achievements unlocked out of 57, so that's definitely not right. <laughs> um, and then it has its elementary, which I have to have to go back. It's a rare one. But yeah, I, I don't have more than 180 hours of that yeah. now. And then, and then my third one is uh, Hogwarts Legacy with 91 <laughs> hours. Uh, oh, Just... both have spilled milk as the rare yeah. achievement. Um, so that's interesting. We both like played a lot of Hogwarts Legacy, but we didn't have it on our honorable mentions or anything yeah i mean it's a good game and i enjoy it, but i feel like it, it was it's a one-time playthrough almost because it's playing it again now because it just started again it's yeah. a very tedious opening yeah well and also it takes forever to get everything in that game you go through three acts to finally get yeah everything so it's takes a while but i mean it's still fun and it's very a pretty game i mean out of your top three games two of them are your worst games you hated and you put you put the most hours into it play hate and i like to complete and be a little completionist yeah i can put 310 hours in the start that came out like september (laughs) so yeah that is starfield for me was only 97 hours yeah and and that last like four or five hours was hate play that I made you play like the last like level well, because I was about to throw the goddamn controller. You also picked the hardest ending, which was you said fuck off to both the emissary and the hunter. So you which had to is fight the better ending, which is like yeah, that's probably the better choice, but you had to fight both of them. Dropped it down to the easiest level just so I could get through the damn thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't realize until hearing afterwards the weapon you have is what all the duplicates have. So when you go in there with a fucking badass weapon, they all have that weapon. That's why you, we kept dying like crazy. Oh, so I should have just gone in with a shitty weapon. Like, yeah, you have to start off with like a shit weapon in your hand. And when they all the duplicates appear, then switch to a better weapon and they won't have it. Oh. Yeah, it's weird. That's... That would have been like a nice kind of feature to figure out easier, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's just something that somebody in a YouTube video ended up saying, so... Oh. Um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, interesting that our worst game on our worst list was one we spent the most time in. <laughs> um, but that's why we know it's bad because we put the time into it. Yes. Um, that is our episode this week. Uh, you can catch us at www.nerdcrusade.com. Uh, also on Twitch streaming. Uh, I think I like the first, uh, two hours of, uh, Jedi Survivor that I played today on there. Um, and we just played with probably was a bunch of random games in Boulder's Gate throughout the year until something interesting comes out like Dragon's Dogma. Because yep. there's not a lot of 
big title games that are listed to come out this year that we're at all interested in. Yeah. So we'll probably go through all Unless it's a really good indie game that just randomly shows up, like Dredged or High... Well, High Five Rush wasn't really an indie game, but it was a shadow drop. Yeah. So unless they do a cool shadow drop or a really cool indie game that pops up, the AAA games are kind of lacking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going to be coming out next uh fall i think halo's pretty much dead so we'll see what happens yeah um but again catch us there uh and that was our year of 2023 we'll yes. be happy to see what happens in 2024 uh well, keep it rolling ian yeah we've had over 700 downloads on our podcast so thank you guys all for listening and downloading and we'll continue doing a podcast every week every tuesday yep so uh let us know what you want us to talk about if you have any ideas uh hit us up on our webpage at www.nerdcrusade.com all the podcasts uh Posts have a comment section, so let us know what you think in the comments, and we'll uh, get back to you on all this, all this stuff, all right? So, uh, that's the show, and we'll see you next time. Bye!